Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Wellness Revolution podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jocelyn Zahn, and I am so excited about today's episode. Today is going to be a little bit different. Today is your opportunity to get to know me a little bit better. I'm going to be sharing my story with you, how I found holistic health and wellness, which admittedly is a bit unconventional. It's a bit different than how most other people found this industry. I'm going to be sharing with you why I am so passionate about holistic methods when it comes to coping with mental illness, which is something I definitely live with, and why it is I feel that practicing mindfulness and self-compassion is truly revolutionary in regards to our health and our wellness. I am an anti-diet holistic health coach. So what that means is whether I'm seeing clients one-on-one or teaching workshops or developing online courses, I believe that the healthiest way to incorporate different habits into your life is from a non-deprivation mindset. So I carry that with me through every project that I work on. I am a mental health advocate And I believe that there are no good foods or bad foods. I believe that food is just food. We can have positive and negative relationships with food. We can like or dislike how certain foods make us feel. But food is not inherently good or bad. I believe that gives the food too much power And I believe that power should be with us. And as someone that has battled anorexia and orthorexia, which I will touch on more in a bit, it's so important to me to have a healthy relationship with food. Because a healthy relationship with food is just as important as the quality of the food that you are putting into your body. Mental health is health. So these things need to go hand in hand. We are not just fragments of a being. So why don't I start from the beginning? So for me, I actually grew up in an environment full of what I like to call chronic dieters. The friends and family that I had around me growing up, I love so dearly, but it pained me to see them struggle so much. Truly, I I grew up in this environment where it was Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or, I mean, the Atkins diet, you name it. It was here, there, everywhere. Diets. And I thought that this was normal. And I remember thinking when I was a child, actually, that I couldn't wait to be a grown-up so I could go on a diet too and be like the rest of my family. I grew up believing that dieting was just a part of life and that it was something I was going to do eventually. And I felt good about that. And I felt good about that because I didn't realize what that would actually look like, what what it entailed, and 
I also didn't see how it could have a negative reaction on me at first. However, as I started to get older, I started to develop more awareness around the situation. And what I noticed is I would see my loved ones go on a diet and they would want to do so because it was always weight focused. It was always because they wanted to lose weight. It was always about their physical body, nothing else. It was, it was never about wanting to feel better, right? Or have more mental clarity or have more energy. It was always about a number. It was always about losing weight. And so what I started to notice when I grew older was that my family members would start out on these diets and they would go through all the motions. They would count all the points, track all the numbers, and then they would get burnt out, right? Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? Diets are not sustainable and they don't work. So it certainly wasn't a failure on their part, that's for sure. But I would see them get burnt out. And what I started noticing in them was I noticed this pattern of wanting to lose weight, going through all the motions, and then coming out on the other side of it, feeling worse about themselves than they did at the beginning of the program. And so that's really my background with health and wellness. That's what I thought health looked like, or that's really all I understood it to be. Weight-focused, counting points, weighing in, stepping on a scale in front of a bunch of other people so they can hold you accountable. I mean, this is what I thought was normal, or this is what health looked like. This is what someone looked like who was trying to care for their own health. That's what I understood it to be. And keep in mind, I did grow up on a diet of fast food, processed food. I mean, you name it. My mom is superwoman. She's incredible. <laughs> she had five children. She worked. I mean, she is a rock star. But she was so busy and we never had home-cooked meals. We always had some, something quick, something easy to prepare. That was my whole childhood. I grew up on fast food, truly. And I understand the reasons why, but that's just where I come from. That is my experience. So at this point, you might be wondering, how on earth did you become a holistic health coach? Because that sounds pretty far removed from your experience growing up. And you would be correct in that for sure. So I did not find holistic health and wellness in a conventional way. Most people I find have found this industry from wanting to turn their life around or because wellness and nutrition has always been something that has been of interest to them. But that certainly was not my experience. Health, wellness, nutrition, I can assure you it was not even on my radar. And it wasn't on my radar because 
I was way too busy focusing on a different area of myself and my life. And that area is my own mental illness. So let me give you a little bit of a backstory here. Being a mental health advocate is truly one of the most important things in my life. And that is because my own mental illness has been a struggle and a battle for me for so very long. When I was a child, I was sexually abused for many years. And the first time that I can actually remember wanting to take my own life, I was 12 years old. And I was home alone. And I found myself in complete solitude, keeping the secret of my abuse to myself because I thought for some reason people are going to think this is my fault or I have sinned. I am a bad person. I'm going to get in trouble. So I was keeping this to myself because unfortunately, I grew up in the Texas public school system and I was taught abstinence only sex education, if you can call it sex education. And it led me to this place of complete devastation and isolation because they didn't address abuse. And I didn't understand that what I had gone through was abuse. And I didn't understand that it was something I wasn't going to be in trouble for. So I felt so alone and scared and isolated and I just didn't know what to do. And I was home alone and I found myself staring a hole, like a laser, through the knife drawer of my kitchen. And that was the first time that I actively wanted to take my own life. The suicidal ideations began that day and they have haunted me every day since. But don't get too discouraged because this is not the end. This is not how the story ends. This isn't how my story ends. And I assure you, there's hope for you as well. So just stick with me. So I was battling my own mental illness alone for years. I actually didn't know that I was suffering from a mental illness because again, this also wasn't, this wasn't really on my radar. This idea that of mental health wasn't really on my radar because it, it just wasn't something that was a part of my everyday. It wasn't something that I saw people in my life do or address or pour intention into or, or anything like that. So it just wasn't really a part of my reality. So I didn't actually receive any mental health treatment until I was 18 years old. When I was 18, I came out as a lesbian at first. <laughs> I do not currently identify as a lesbian, but I did initially come out as a lesbian. I am queer identified now, but I came out as a lesbian and it was really difficult for me to say the least. I had lots 
of negative backlash. And it was an extremely difficult time of my life. In a year's time, I lost everything that was important to me at the time. I lost some friends. I lost family. I lost the roof over my head. And I truly was at my lowest at that point. I was so alone and death felt like the most comforting thing I could think of because it was rest and I was so tired. I was really tired. So that year, I was actually hospitalized for the very first time for suicidal ideation. I have since been hospitalized an additional time for suicidal ideation. I have been in inpatient programs. I have been in outpatient programs. I have gone through so many years of therapy. I have done therapy multiple times a week. And I have been prescribed and have taken every single antidepressant on the market, as well as most mood stabilizers as well. And I am here going to share my diagnoses with you because I am such an open book and I care so much about vulnerability and authenticity and I'm not embarrassed of my mental illness. I'm not ashamed of it. But something that I want you to keep in mind as I do share this with you is Whether or not you have been formally diagnosed with any specific mental illness, please know that you are still valid. Your thoughts, your feelings, your experience is still valid. Not everyone does this. Some people suffer in silence and alone their whole lives. I have been and have had the privilege to receive treatment. But please just know that your diagnoses, whether you have them or you don't, they don't define you in any way. So just so that you can get to know me a little bit better, what I have been diagnosed with is PTSD, generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, and one (laughs) out of Many, many doctors that I have seen regarding my mental illness has diagnosed me with bipolar disorder as well. I don't know that that diagnosis is for certain, as only one in a couple dozen practitioners actually diagnosed me with this, but it does resonate with me, and so I did just want to share that with you. So how the hell did I find this industry? It sounds like I was doing other things and you would be right. So I actually found holistic health in general because I was at my breaking point with my mental illness. I had done so much work on myself. I had tried so hard to cope with my mental illness. And truly, it wasn't so much coping with it at the time as it was me trying to rid myself of my mental illness. But I had done so much work on myself, 
And I had seen so little reward, so little relief or payoff that I was to the point where I was really ready to end things for real. I felt ready. I did. And so I was at a point in my life where I was feeling very at peace with the fact that I was going to leave this world. But I decided for my incredible husband's sake and for a couple of my family members' sake that I was going to try one last thing because, oh my God, I had tried so much already, but I was going to try one thing because it was the only thing that I could think of that I had not tried. And to be honest with you, I was certain that it wouldn't work because one, I am very stubborn. And for some reason, I think that things that apply to other people do not apply to me. Who knows? But something that I had not tried was changing my lifestyle, was changing my diet. And by that, I mean my nutrition. By that, I mean the quality of the food that I was eating. That was something that I had never tried before. Again, I was raised on fast food and I ate that way my entire life. I ate that way my whole adult life as well. So you know how people say healthy body, healthy mind? (laughs) That phrase is the reason that I decided to try this one last thing. And the thing that I was going to try was I'm going to change my lifestyle, see if this works. I didn't think it would but I was going to try it for my family's sake because then I could say in good conscience that I tried everything to rid myself of my mental illness and it didn't work. So that way I could feel a little bit better about leaving this earth. Well, something interesting happened I went on a sugar detox initially, and that was three weeks long. And what I noticed was my brain fog started to lift. I began to have more energy, and I was feeling alive for the first time in so, so long Truthfully, probably since the first time since I came out, I felt alive. And oh my God, did I want to latch on to that feeling. So something to know about me is if you are familiar with Ayurveda at all, I am such a pitta. I have so much fire energy in me. And I'm the kind of person that if you tell me to run a mile, I'm going to run 10 because that's just how my brain works. I am such an overachiever. I am such a type A. And so when I got a glimmer of relief, I dove in full force. Unfortunately, 
I did not have a health coach. I had no one guiding me through this process. And I dove in way, way too deep and way too fast. I lost a very significant amount of weight in a very short period of time. And I started to feel almost addicted to all of the compliments I was getting about my body and what I looked like. And oh my gosh, you look so healthy. I started to feed off of that. And over time, I became more and more restrictive. So like I said, I started out doing a sugar detox that was three weeks long. And the detox itself was not the issue so much as the issue being, I didn't know what to do afterwards. I didn't feel prepared or ready. I didn't, I didn't know how to navigate life after the detox because the detox was incredibly restrictive, very, very restrictive. There's a, a list of foods that you can eat, right? And I didn't know what to do afterwards, but I felt like I was, I was really loving the affection that I was getting from other people. And I was really loving that I was feeling different. And so what I did was I continued to eat that way as restrictive as that was on a sugar detox. I continued to eat that way long-term. And over time I developed something called orthorexia. Orthorexia is characterized by obsession with healthy eating, with the quality of food. So it started by cutting out sugar, right? And then it started, and then it developed into cutting out all processed foods. And then it developed even further from there. So now I'm not going to eat any of this meat. Now I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. And Sooner or later, I was eating raw vegan. And what I noticed was my body felt terrible, which is kind of shocking, right? Maybe to some of you. Because isn't that supposed to be healthy, right? Vegan or raw vegan? Everybody's body is different. Everyone responds mentally and physically to foods differently. My mind and body was not meant to be vegan or raw vegan. What happened for me was I was feeling weak. I was feeling frail and I was so very thin I was exhausted all the time. I was developing brain fog again. My hair was falling out. I am half Mexican, so my hair is very thick and there's an abundance of it on my head, let me tell you. And I would shower and huge chunks of hair were falling out of my head. And this was happening for months. I lost my period. 
And I was feeling absolutely terrible. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you name it. Terrible. But I was scared. I was really scared of what would happen to me if I ate this food or that food. What would the chemicals in this packaged food do to my body if I ate it? Oh my gosh, the world would fall apart. I would get so sick. What would I do? But I was so sick. I wasn't seeing it. I, it, it was so difficult because it seemed so obvious. Hello, your body is telling you something's wrong. You lost your period. Your hair is falling out. Something's wrong. But it didn't feel that way because I couldn't rationalize it in my head. Again, I'm a pizza type A overachiever. I'm thinking if I'm eating the best diet, quote unquote, that I can possibly be eating, the healthiest I could possibly be eating, how is this happening to me? I couldn't rationalize it. It didn't make sense in my head. Therefore, it was not truth. And I came to a breaking point here. I was feeling so sick all the time. But what was so on the forefront of my mind was not the hair falling out of my head. It's not the headaches I was getting or how frail I felt in my body. What was on the forefront of my mind was pizza. Because I had not had a slice of pizza in, at this point, about a year and a half. And pizza is one of my favorite foods. But I was just too afraid that it wasn't healthy enough and that I was going to get sick or something was going to happen to me. And I do have, uh, other than anorexia, I have battled body image issues and body acceptance issues. And I worried so much about gaining weight because I associated, which was entirely misguided in retrospect, but I was associating my happiness and this feeling of fulfillment with all this weight that I had lost, right? Like those things that had gone hand in hand. And then if I gained the weight back, then I was going to be unhappy again. And I was going to want to die. I was going to want to kill myself. And that was so scary. And so I didn't want to gain any weight. And other than the orthorexia, I have also battled anorexia a couple years prior to making any permanent changes. And also when I was 12 years old, flashback to that time where I was staring that hole through my knife drawer, that same time of my life, I battled anorexia because I felt so very out of control during those times of my life. And it was something that I could control, which was appealing for me at the time. But it got to this point where I started to dream about pizza and I was fed up. I was sick of feeling sick and I was so tired of feeling tired, eating so very restricted. At this point, I could probably count on a single hand the amount of foods I was eating because that's how much I restricted my food. 
but I started to have these dreams about pizza and everything was making me feel sick anyways. So I said, you know what? Screw it. That day I went to Whole Foods and I bought an organic because it had to be organic frozen pizza there. And I ate it that night attached with a whole lot of fear. But you know what happened when I woke up the next day? I was anticipating that I was going to feel tired, sick. I might get physically sick. When I woke up the next day, I had more energy and mental clarity than I had had in months. And that is where my life really started to change. Something that I would love to see in this industry is more people making the connection of physical health to mental health. How are these two interconnected? And how is the way that we speak to ourselves affecting those things? And if we're eating all the kale and broccoli in the universe, are we still healthy if we hate ourselves? Are we still healthy if we feel deprived in our lives? Are we still healthy if we're spending all of our time prepping food and worrying about the quality of our food? If our relationships are fizzling or if we don't have a social life anymore, if our life is run by a fitness app, is that really health? I would love to see that discussed more. There are many things that I think deserve so much more attention, mental health being a huge one, but also I am incredibly passionate about trans issues. My husband is actually transgender, and he is incredible. He is actually the first trans person that I met. And funnily enough, (laughs) I was identifying as a lesbian, and then I started to develop this huge crush on him. And I'm just thinking to myself, maybe I'm not a lesbian. (laughs) But trans issues are something that is not discussed nearly enough. And I'm so excited to discuss that more with you in this podcast because I have so much to say about it. And there's so much work that needs to be done in this area. To me, a wellness revolution means to completely redefine what it means to be and look healthy. Because we all have an idea of what health looks like, right? But true health, mind, body, health, and wellness has no look at all. We all have these images in our head of what it it is supposed to look like. And then that transfers to This is what I am supposed to look like. 
if I am a healthy person, right? And it's been so ingrained into our heads from all of the magazines, the diet culture. I mean, you can't turn a, a single page of a magazine without diet culture being thrown in our faces about this idea of restriction. You need to change yourself in order to be enough, in order to be well. I don't think health and wellness has a look. And I don't think that healthy, quote-unquote, habits work for everybody. Because everyone is bio-individual. Everyone is different. One's person, one person's food is another person's poison, but on that same token, so are behaviors. One person's healthy behavior is detrimental to the mental health of another person. And because mental health is just as important and because health is holistic and we are whole people, that matters just as much. Finding our own balance of wellness is a journey and it's a process and it's something that takes time and patience for sure. But it's achievable, absolutely. And it's a journey. Wellness is not something that is a magic place that you are going to get to. You're not going to get a gold medal at the end of any kind of finish line for eating more green juice than the person next to you. Your life matters and you deserve to feel well. Wellness is a feeling and it is not a look. And to me, loving ourselves through this journey, through this process of life, because our journey, our wellness journey really doesn't ever have an end point. There's no goal, right? This is why diet culture doesn't really work because there's always a goal, right? There's always a number to hit. There's always, there's always some kind of end point. But true wellness doesn't have an end point. It's just life. And from my perspective, Loving ourselves well, loving ourselves through the journey, every step of the way. And that is a process, learning how to love ourselves and to practice self-compassion and mindfulness. Absolutely. That does not come easy. That takes work. But doing that work on ourselves and being intentional about practicing self-kindness through the journey, that is revolutionary. Thank you all so much for listening to the Wellness Revolution podcast. We are truly so grateful for each and every one of you, and we love you all so, so much. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date on all the newest episodes. Please leave us a review. Let us know if you liked this episode, if you thought it was helpful, if you thought it was interesting, and let us know what you want to hear from us in the future. We definitely want to hear from you. We want to give you all exactly what you want. And lastly, be sure to connect with us on Instagram. Our handle is the Wellness Revolution 
Revolution podcast. Take a picture of yourself listening to this episode, snap a screenshot of it on your phone, and be sure to upload it and tag us and tell us that you're listening to the Wellness Revolution podcast. We love you all, and we will talk to you on the next episode.